Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Two women with two very different paths to success, one from London and the other from being bullied. It's Music Friday Live, and we talk with Amanda Campbell and Casey McQuillan today. So stay tuned. This is going to be quite a show. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by World Arts, a global platform for musicians and fans in the music industry, and also by MySanFelipeVacation.com, your source for a great getaway on the Sea of Cortez. I'm your, hus- I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. These bands are here to talk to you. You can call them and talk 347-215-7511. Or since I know most of you are at work and you got your headphones on, email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And I also want to say especially welcome to our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network, that stations on the East Coast that carry us later tonight, all their radio affiliates, and also to those of you who are listening to us on Stitcher or iTunes or in London. Everybody listening to us in London tonight on the Artist Echoes Network, hi, welcome. So if you are, if you are listening live and you have questions or comments, you can call in. If you're listening on one of the other places you can listen and we're not live, send us an email. That's right. Send us an email, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. We'll forward it to your questions to our guests or they can apply, reply directly to you. Well, before we introduce our next guest, our broadcast partner, World Arts, has something to say. Here they are. World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, we want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. World Arts is the global music platform where we can all rise above the noise. Take your career to the next level. Discover new artists. At World Arts, it's all about the music. It is all about the music, and we are members of the World Arts platform, so you should be too. Sign up. It's free, and uh, you'll be glad you did. Well, I make it a point to try to see the strands whenever they play live in Los Angeles. I even, even I, I even have one of their t-shirts that I wear when, when I go to their concerts and wear it in the studio too. Amanda Campbell's voice. She's the groove in the strands is so smoky, so soulful, so present that I can just stand in front of the band while she sings and go into my own private little reverie. So I was delighted to hear 
that she is going to be releasing her own solo songs because her singing and songwriting can create kind of a musical holodeck that transports me to strange and wonderful and sometimes melancholy places. Campbell is with us here today, and she's going to talk about stepping out on her own while still singing with the Strands. Amanda Campbell, welcome back to Music Friday Live. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Amanda, you're stepping out a bit with some solo songs. Um, Has this been kind of percolating in your mind for a while to do this? Well, you know, I've always been doing it, but we've always been so busy with the strands that I just put that on the back burner. And to be honest, I find it, I'm much more comfortable promoting the strands than I am promoting myself. Um, But we've had a hiatus that's been sort of forced on us and it's been well over a year now and I just had to do something. (laughs) So um, we're waiting for our keyboard player, Susan, who you know, uh, to come back. And when she does, it will be full steam ahead with the strands. But in the meantime, I've been working with some other producers and uh, just, playing around and just trying to keep keep going really okay well actually it sounds like you're you're uh, making the best of an opportunity i i, I wonder yeah. though when you first started out in in uh, england did you do some solo performances before you um created the band uh, uh i guess it's zetland streets no, I really didn't. I kept, I was um, I, I did, did not let anybody hear me sing. I had no idea I could sing. Um, and someone overheard me singing and a couple of times and said, you know, you really have a nice voice. I was like, no, I don't think so. Because no one <laughs> in my family did sing. And then when I did sing in front of people for the first time, you know, it was it was a great response. I thought, oh, I'm I'm going to sing now. And that was quite late in life. I didn't sing out loud in front of anyone until I was in my mid forties. So, um, but I've always been singing. I just never let anybody hear me. Well, you know, you have a, a way of writing and singing that sort of pulls listeners into what I call a rain on the window pane environment. You make people feel mm-hmm. like they're watching the world through kind of a rain streaked window, feeling nice and warm, but also feeling the gray melancholy outside. When you're singing. Wow, you just described my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me ask you, when you're singing, which side of the window pane are you on? Um, you, you know, it's, I'm inside looking out, looking out at the rain. That's, um, that's, and I may, I can't believe you said that because I said that's how I spent my childhood. And I wrote a lot of poetry, scribbling uh, in school, looking at the rain on the window and indoors looking at the rain. That's interesting spent a lot of time in London, I can understand how that uh, that happens. Well, let's, uh, let's yeah. uh, hear a, a bit of that environment. This is an original song of yours, Gone. Corner, you just make me pay and I'm gone. 
that is is I don't know, it's just otherworldly. It's what I call a headphone song, one that you have to mm-hmm. listen to without distractions. So did you arrange it? Because I noticed that there's a co-credit there for uh, Jess Stroop. Yeah, no, I didn't. Jess did the arrangement, and I did the melody and the lyrics. And that was an interesting collaboration because that was my first go at songwriting. Um, that was the very first song I sang and the very first song I wrote and the very first song I recorded. And um, I had written some other lyrics, for it and there was one line in it that said I'm gone and Jess said you know what I like that line and I want you to explore what it means to be gone and um, and I loved the arrangement so much I, I just kept coming up I've got like four uh, melodies that I can write over that track um, <laughs> it's, it's just really just it just takes me away but we settled on the, this one on gone as the one we wanted to release well, you know, the, the lyrics in that are pretty heavy. Uh, you open yeah, the song with um, uh, darkness blighted, sameness lulling. The only thought I have is I'm gone. And then later on, you sing passions reasoned, a nod to terror. Fear is sounding good, and I'm gone. Um, why are you gone? What was going on in that song? <laughs> Well, it was a really saying goodbye to a way of life or a way of thinking um, and just setting myself free from limitations. And a part, the big part of that was, was being brave enough to sing in front of people and being vulnerable, um, you know, just seeing the light and just say, I'm not going to stay closed in anymore. I'm going to, I'm meant to do this and I'm going to do this. So it was really about leaving an old, it was really, really about leaving my old self behind and becoming a new self. It wasn't a relationship or a place. It was really about um, just saying goodbye to, to fear, you know, in a way. Well, I like your new self. Right? Yes, now, I do too. Uh, <laughs> I I'll bet. Yeah, I get to I dance in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when you work with solo, does working solo give you some options that you don't have with the band? And does working with the band give you options that you don't have solo? No, I think I have more options when I work with the band because when I'm working with another producer, I'm usually working with something that they have. Um, they usually send me a track. This is a very different process from working with the strands. Um, with the strands, it's all live instruments, and we—it's really a collaborate. It's really um, something we can often change, even in the studio as we're recording it. Um, but once I get this the track, I can make suggestions, um, make it shorter, cut it down, cut it up a little bit. Um, but I'm really sort of tied to how the song is going and how the instrumentation is going to be. Um, I don't have so many options. Uh, as I do with, I feel I do with the strands. What were the the strands um, backing you on any of the solo songs? Um, no, there's three tra- There's one track I sent you, Mother Nature. Um, Susan and Richard were on in that band. That was Denton Streets. But no, the strands have had nothing to do with this solo stuff. It's been stuff I'm doing while we're out of action. Okay, all right, because so- I. I imagine that, 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 that sound environment that you create and we hear in that particular song and others, that not just any old group of studio musicians can, can create that. You have to work hard to get the right people. That's right, yeah. And I mean, and I lean very heavily on, uh, I don't play an instrument, so I lean very heavily on great musicians. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do play an instrument. It's in your throat. 
Um, oh yeah, that one. I forgot about that. That one. <laughs> I don't think uh, that's an instrument, but it is. It is, yes. Uh, we're talking with uh, Amanda Campbell about her solo songs and her band, The Strands, and lots of other things about rainy nights in London. You can talk with her, too. You can call in, 347-215-7511. Or you can, if you're there, if your phone's on and you're at work, uh, you can email us at um, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. At, oh, oh, here come some emails. We'll have to, have to, let's get a couple, and then we'll come back and answer these emails. But uh, I want to play some more music. Uh, I want to, uh, uh, you know, we've been talking about that rain on the window pane environment and uh, that you create. So here is another one of those songs. This is uh, Gregory Says. gonna pass and then we'll take the shade in the grand scheme of things I know we got it made we got it made making our mistakes like everyone I guess we're only human Well, of course, I have to ask, um, who's Gregory? And Gregory Porter. Okay. And uh, you want to tell our audience who Gregory Porter is? Yeah, Gregory Porter is one of the finest jazz singers out there. He writes very socially conscious songs, and he wrote a song called No Love Dying. And um, the line is, there will be no love there will be no love dying here today. And I just thought that's just a wonderful go-to when I'm not feeling very loving. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I just, I used it as a tool to bring myself into a loving place if I'm pissed off or angry or disappointed. And uh, the song just really meant a lot to me. And I wrote a song about it. Um, Gregory says, and so he was right when he started. And that was the line that, that really popped out at me, uh, that uh, there would be no love dying. Well, we do have some emails, and uh, we have quite a few, so I want to, to get to some of these. Um, Karios in Hollywood uh, says, um, I saw you at Harvell's a long time ago. When are you coming back? Oh, that's a good question. I hope we'll be playing in Harvells in July or August, um, but please follow us on Bands in Town um, because all, everything's posted on there. And also the Strands official on Facebook um, will post it. But, yes, I love playing Harvells, and I hope to be back there in July or August. Okay. Well, Carios, when she's there, go up and introduce yourself. Um, Remez um, in... Um, Los Angeles uh, says, uh, will you be singing solo in one place and singing with the band in another at any particular time? And I, I doubt don't think it. Mean simultaneously. I yeah. <laughs> no, I, I doubt it. But I do my solo stuff with the Strands live. We do gone regularly in our set. Um, but I haven't 
uh, like when the strands are together, um, we do, you know, strand stuff, and I don't, I don't promote myself much um, as a solo artist. If God forbid anything happens to the strands, uh, oh yes, I'd be doing some solo work. But I like being in a band, and I like playing, you know, with the band. So probably just stick with the strands for the, for life at this point. Well, you have a pretty close connection to this band, uh, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, so my <laughs> husband's a bass player. <laughs> and uh, Susan and Rich and I are, are, are friends, and Rich and I are old friends and, and neighbors. So we're pretty tight. We really enjoy being together. And our drummer, um, Lance, is a good friend of my husband's, so it's, it's, it's a pretty family-friendly type feel. Yeah, I want to recommend to all of our listeners that went to follow her on bands in, in town and follow the strands on bands in town and go see them live because it it really is a warm, intimate experience. You you can just people know and love each other quite a bit. Uh, we have one more here, uh, two more actually. Uh, I want to read. Uh, Seth in uh, Philly uh, wants to know, have you ever sung in the UK in Europe as the strands? Yes, we have. We we were in um, in London and we played at the Strawberry Festival in Cambridge. We had a, uh, three gigs in London, and we've, mm. we I'm actually planning a trip to go back to plan another trip there because we had such a good response, and uh, it's my hometown, so it's a lot of fun to play there. Okay, all right. Well, I want to pick up the pace a, a, a little bit here in the music side and play uh, Hollywood Hills. I really do love that song, and uh, of course, I've only uh, just uh, acquired it uh, this week. But it's, I've been listening to it over and over again. It's an earworm. It's got a great hook. Um, now, that band that's playing behind you sounds like the Strands, but I know you that wrote is the, the Strands. Song. Okay, yeah, that is right. the Strands. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, they, we've been we've been recording more of my stuff. Our next album will have four songs by me, four songs by Susan, and one that we co-wrote, which is unusual. It's usually mostly uh, Susan's work. But I'm getting more confident about putting my stuff forward, and the band loves to play it. So, um, yeah, Hollywood Hills is a fun song to sing, too. Um, is that a, uh, an accurate description of what you think life in Los Angeles is? Well, you know, that song is interesting because I, when, when Amy Winehouse passed away, I was thinking of, about how talented she was and how young she was. And I thought, what would I write about if I'd been writing songs when I was like in my early 20s? 
and I came up with that song, which is actually a, a, you know, an autobiographical song about a, a situation I was in. Um, so it's very personal to me, that song. Um, you know, I sort of left a nice guy and went out with a really not a nice guy. <laughs> and uh, oh, I love Triangle. Um, you know, like you do when you're in your 20s. So um, it's a very personal song, and I was very glad to actually get it out of my system, you know, to write about it and sing about it. And, um, and originally what I thought was going to be, you know, more slow or more, more bluesy, but Paul came up with that bass line and it became, um, you know, the, the song that it became. Oh, it, and it's a great bass line too. And it's not yeah. often that a bass line can carry a song like that and be sort of the spine for it. The bass player usually sort of sits, stands back there in the corner and tries to be invisible and, relates to the drum so that that was really nice um we've got yeah. some more emails here uh bosco in new york city wants to know you said you don't play any musical instruments but most people i know who write songs play at least the piano so how did you know what a song was going to sound like as you wrote it if you couldn't play it well i usually um, i i either am writing a song with someone and we're just fooling around as Usually it's either someone playing an acoustic guitar, just playing chords, or I can come up with something like Gregory says, just a cappella. And then I will sing it to the band and they'll just pick up. Um, and if I go, oh, no, it's not going to sound like that, or, oh, yeah, that's what I want. I usually don't know what I want until I hear it. <laughs> now, that's interesting to hear you say that because I have so many musicians on who are singer-songwriters, and they know what they want, and they uh, direct the band very carefully uh, that way. But you do it the other way. It's sort of an organic process for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, um, you know, I know how I'm going to sing it, and, you know, I have a strong opinion if I don't like something. Um, But I think because we just have such a good chemistry together, we can usually figure it out very quickly what it is I'm trying to say and, and, and what the feel should be. Okay, well, it, and it, it, it definitely comes out. Um, uh, I'm going to put on something that's a little different. Well, actually, it's kind of very different. Uh, this is Arrow. <laughs>
Now, that song um, displays an Amanda that I have not heard before. Sounds like you're getting your rock on. Uh, now, you collaborated <laughs> yeah. with Kevin T. Phillips, but I understand it's more complicated than that. Could you explain how that song came about yeah. and who's doing what? It's, it's, uh, it's um, actually Kevin T. Williams, and um, he's just a super talented uh, player. He plays with the, um, the uh, oh, my God, just completely gone out of my mind the name of the the group but uh, anyway he's he plays all instruments and he he said hey i've been listening to your music and i wanted if you wanted to collaborate and he sent me three tracks that were complete i ended up changing the arrangement a little bit and i think that we cut things down um but i i just thought the song as soon as i heard the track i just I just started singing, and that happens very often with me. If I have a completed track, it's like it's a transmitted. It's transmitted to me. This is what this song's about. And so the, I wrote, ended up writing three songs. Arrow is one of them. The album's called Chinese Music, and it's uh, Kevin T. Williams featuring um, Amanda Campbell. So um, yeah, I, that's that. And the other two songs are that we did were more like this. The Untouchables is the band that he's in. It just came to me. The Untouchables, because we've got yeah. a couple of emails in here saying that uh, he's from uh, England, and one of them says, says, wasn't he associated with the band called The Pond? I don't know, because I don't know the band called The Pond. Hmm. So. I don't know. I mean, possibly he's been in hundreds of bands. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. uh, that, that could be. Well, uh, I know that to, we're, we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon here, but I know that the Strands have recorded a new album. So can you tell us when it's going to be released? And how did you do that if your keyboard player is off someplace else? Well, uh, Susan came back, has come back a couple of times. Uh, she was here in January where we did, we, we did um, uh, five of the tracks, and she was here in September where we did four of the tracks. So um, we, we just got a lot done while she was here. Um, this is our first uh, full-length album. There's nine songs on this one. Um, it is a little different. Um, there are songs that we just wrote, and there are songs that I've had hanging around for years. So it's it's going to be interesting. Um, and I think we're aiming for July or August, probably more le- realistically August, and we'll have a CD release party and a live performance of the album. So we're really excited about that. We we haven't decided what the album's called yet, um, but It'll, 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 we'll be putting it out there. Okay, well, let us know. And I know you're, you're going to be out of the country for a while, and then you come back, and uh, you'll probably be setting up some gigs when you come back. Is that uh, August or is that December? Yeah, well, um, I think Susan should be back here um, by August and probably back here semi-permanently. So um, we'll be playing at our normal clip, uh, which is a couple of times a month when she comes back for good. But no matter what, she's coming back um, for the CD release party and for a couple of gigs. So we'll um, get that all sorted. And hopefully Harvell's will be one of the places that we play. Okay. But, uh, now, who, who was it that wrote that? With Karios, who's seen you at Har- Harvell. So Karios, watch their website and, and uh, particularly bands in town. Okay, we are out of time. But before we go, where can people go to get your music? It's all on iTunes, Amanda Campbell, Amanda Campbell featuring Zetland Street, and Kevin T. Williams featuring Amanda Campbell, and, of course, The Strands. Okay. 
Amanda, thank you so much for being with us today. This is really a delight, and I'm looking forward to you coming back and playing live because I will be there with my Strands T-shirt on. (laughs) Thank you, as always, Patrick. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to take a little break uh, right now, and uh, we've got uh, our next guest coming up. But But before we talk to her, we're going to have to take a little to, we're not going to have to, but we're going to enjoy taking a, a little trip to Mexico. So don't go away. Just two hours south of the California border lies the enchanting seaside town of San Felipe, Baja, California, where friendly people, warm waters, and a relaxing vacation awaits. And it all starts at www.mysanfelipevacation.com. Whether you choose to golf on the 18-hole championship course overlooking the Sea of Cortez with friends, enjoy a romantic weekend for two on the beach, or take the whole family for a fun-filled weekend of shopping and activities, you'll be sure to find just the right accommodations at MySanFelipeVacation.com. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you got away? Visit www.MySanFelipeVacation.com today. That's www.mysanfelipevacation.com. See you in San Felipe. Yes, you will. You'll see us in San Felipe because we love to go down to the Sea of Cortez. And, you know, it's really close, right? If, if you're in Southern California, uh, it's or even Arizona, it's, it's a uh, only a half day's drive, and it's always a fun drive. So you guys should go down. After you book your hotels or your condominiums or your fabulous rooms at the, uh, at the, at the ranch, at the El Dorado Ranch, you can go to mysanfelipevacation.com and put in the discount code MFLA5. That's right, MFLA5, and you're going to get a 5% discount on everything that you uh, you book through the website. So go on down there, and we'll see you in the Sea of Cortez. Well, we're back here at uh, Music Friday. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and of course, as usual, we like to hear from you. You can phone us, 347-215-7511. You can email us. You can email us a lot of your emails. We've still got some emails coming in, and which we will send to the artist because she's gone, um, but that's okay. Uh, we'll see to it. She gets them. Email us music Friday live at gmail.com. Casey McQuillan sings the words. I want to be beautiful. What's so wrong with that? That's in her soon to be released EP beautiful. She wrote that song when she was 17 and like Casey, it is beautiful and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it is the right next step in a career that began with songwriting when she was 13 passed through American Idol and has blossomed in venues across the country and in music that inspires hope and mesmerizes people with beauty. At her performances, she not only sings, but she talks. She talks about her experience with bullying, about her struggles with anxiety, about her desire to fit in. And at the end of each performance on her You Matter tour, Casey sings that song, Beautiful, which focuses on a specific moment when she was 17 and she looked in the mirror and thought about all the things that she wants to to change. We're going to play It's Beautiful in just a second, but right now we're going to talk to the woman herself. Please welcome, quietly at home with your, your applause, Casey McQuillan. Casey, welcome to Music Friday Live. It's an honor to speak with you. 
Hi, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on the program. And I hope it's a lot of fun too, right? Yes, um, absolutely. We um, uh, before we talk, I, I actually want to give our audience uh, a little sample of what this is all about. I want to to play a little bit of, of beautiful. So here we go. Wondering what I could do better. Wondering how I could be anyone but me. Cause I'm 13 and the other kids are so mean. Why do they not like me? Why do they not like me? I hear them laugh behind my back And it hurts The worst worst is when they don't see me at all I've got my lipstick in my head Cause I just want to be like that I just want to be beautiful I can't be invisible no I want to be beautiful What? The message in that song to people who listen is that you're beautiful and you're not alone. And it stems, I understand, from your being bullied by a group of mean girls in middle school and <laughs> who you learned eight years later when you got your American Idol ticket to Hollywood that they were still bullying you online. Did At oh, that God, point, yes. you fully comprehend the depth of feeling that leads to bullying Um and you and and you launched your your tour to combat bullying. Can you tell us about what went on in in your mind then? Well, you know, I, I run this yeah concert series in schools where I, I use some of the songs I wrote when I was younger, including that song we just heard, "Beautiful," to talk to kids about you know my experiences and how it might be similar to theirs. And I've played for about thirty thousand kids over a hundred schools, and the thing I've that's remained consistent throughout that time is no one considers themselves to be a bully. Everybody considers themselves to be victims because the only reason that kids or adults for that matter lash out and are cruel is because of their own insecurities. And, you know, I just try through my music always to be honest, whether or not it's about bullying or if it's about getting dumped or the the other things I read about, (laughs) But, you know, I think what resonates with the students during the program is my willingness and almost need to be brutally honest with myself. And so that's why, you know, this song, Beautiful, isn't like a lot of the other songs that I I love to listen to by other artists that are, you know, like, you're amazing and you're great. Because I wrote this song from the place where that moment that I have on occasion where I doubt that. And I think that a lot of these young girls and boys, when I go to their schools, they themselves have those moments where they look in the mirror or they go to audition for the school play or they do whatever it takes and they have to have courage to put themselves out there. They have these moments of doubt. Am I good enough? And I think that step one is talking about how we all feel that way sometimes because it can take the shame away. And so that's what I try to do with my music is stand up in front of the world and read pages in my diary out loud and, you know, help people understand that they're not alone in that, uh, in that vulnerability. Well, as a father of a daughter, I paid very close attention to the line in the song, beautiful specifically 
I'm staring at my daughter. It's like staring in the mirror. She looks upon her pretty face only to see the mistakes. I don't know what to do. What do you mean she sees only the mistakes? Who defines those mistakes? You know, that, that part of the song for me came quite literally from an experience I had when I was 13 and like got laughed out of a school dance for, for a litany of reasons for being gross or whatever. And, you know, my mom picked me up in the car and I was so truly devastated in the way that only a 13 year old can be devastated after a socially embarrassing moment. And I, that part of the song is me kind of thinking about what it must've been like to be my mother um, looking at me and seeing herself in me, seeing a person that she loved, seeing somebody who she knew would grow up and leave all these negative experiences behind. But in that moment, she wasn't sure what to say to me to make me feel better. And I think that I could see a situation where I grow up and, you know, I wholeheartedly love my own daughter and how much it would break my heart to see her doubt herself uh, because of whether it's pages in a magazine or, you know, just her peers and uh, that comparison can be so harmful. We are talking with Casey McQuillan about her forthcoming EP, her songs, and the You Matter Tour. You can talk with her, too. You can call in 347-215-7511, or you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. You said that uh, as you auditioned for American Idol, you didn't accept that these three people, I think you call them three random people, could determine your career. You went on to Hollywood, got the American Idol training and all those connections. Did the American Idol experience determine your career in any way? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I kind of hope not. Um, you know, we're on this, we're on this show talking about, you know, primarily songwriting and that's my, that's my true passion. And I, I look at singing as, my avenue of expressing those stories in those songs. And so for me, the exposure on American Idol was amazing and it's helped me get a foot in the door um, into a lot of situations, but, you know, um, I kind of look at it as, you know, part 2D of the marketing section of my business plan where American Idol is great exposure, but if you're not writing and performing and, working and, you know, social media and all these other things that take up my all day, every day, um, getting that burst of exposure won't be as effective. Well, after Idol, I understand that you, uh, you auditioned for the famed Berkeley school and you were accepted. And I want to play a bit of the song you use for that audition. This is uh, one of your yeah. newly released songs. This is Friends. Oh, I love from me to my face in your 
That is is such a beautiful and inspiring song. And uh, speaking of inspiring, one of your fans is on on the air with us, uh, Rihanna from um, also from Massachusetts. Rihanna, you have a question for our our guest? Yes, I do. Um, I just wanted to know what inspired you to be a singer and to write your songs. Awesome. Hi, Rihanna. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, yeah, I mean, I have always loved to sing. I think I was about five years old, you know, walking around, forcing my poor older sister to listen to me, uh, try to cover all the songs that were on the radio. Um, and it just, you know, for me was a way that I think I could, um, I could share my stories and I could, um, you know, express myself in the ways that I wanted to, uh, but get a positive reaction. You know, so much of my uh, childhood was, you know, being on student council and, you know, getting spitballs and stuff like that. And, you know, my friends and I were all the dorks. And uh, it was, you know, a lot of the time when I had attention on me, it was negative attention. And I think that singing and songwriting and performing my own music made it so that I could um, express myself and be in front of people, but have people accept it. And that, you know, obviously became addicting and really helped deepen my love for music. Thank you, Rihanna. We, uh, we appreciate that. Now I, I understand uh, uh, that when you wrote that song, you had just gone through your first breakup. You were 18. Uh, that, <laughs> yes. that, yeah, okay. And the writing is so poignant. Uh, you kiss me in the rain and now you're watching me break into pieces. I can't mend. So no, I don't want to be friends. Um, was it kind of a risk singing a song like that for the Berkeley audition, the song that might choke you up, or were you past that? Um, you know, it's funny. I wrote that song just about a week before my Berkeley audition, and I decided to kind of throw away my other audition song and go with that one because up to that point, it was definitely the best song I'd ever written, and I think, you know, there's no raw emotion like the first heartbreak of a teenager. And I think that you can really hear that in the song. You know, it was really interesting to go back to that song, working on this new album um, with my producer and arranger, Charles Seminary, who I need to give a big shout out to um, because he is, you know, the genius behind the arrangements that you hear on this album. And it was really interesting to kind of co- go back. And that's the one song that I kept very stripped down at piano vocal because I wanted that raw emotion um, that I had, you know, that first week singing it at my birthday audition um, to come through in this recording as well. Well, it did. The song sounds almost like, like an open wound. So I think you, uh, you, you nailed it. Now, there's another song on the forthcoming EP, which we're going to talk about in a minute, that creates different kind of memories, at least for me. It, it, it creates sun-filled memories, and possibly for many other people, it's called Come Back to Me.
You know, in the bridge of that song, you sing, I learned to love by loving you. Now I know nothing less will do than speeding down Highway 65 with you. Well, with me, it was speeding down the Ventura Highway, um, but you know, whatever road it is, it doesn't matter. You caught a moment in America's time, and you created an indelible image. And I find uh, that's all the more remarkable that while I can feel the sun and the wind in that song, it's really kind of a sad song. So how did you do that? <laughs> uh, well, melancholy is my middle name. Uh, it was through the songwriting. Um, you know, that song, um, really for me, I, I, I wrote when I was at Berkeley. I was like in my second year of Berkeley. I was getting really frustrated uh, with dating because, you know, especially in the entertainment industry, it really always it sometimes seems like, you know, people care a lot more about, like, who you know and what kind of designers you wear than they care about who you are as a person. And I was really reminiscing back to high school uh, when, you know, that that wasn't part of it. It was just pure and, you know, young. I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, my favorite line in that song, as simple as it is, is, we'd never been hurt before because that's really how that's the place I was, I was trying to get to was that place where you, you know, you really believe that because you're in love, that means it will never end. And I think that's a really unique, uh, beautiful experience that, you know, hopefully everybody gets once in their life. And so um, I'm glad that, you know, the, the lyricism was able to bring you back to that point uh, for you. Uh, you um, you talk about experiences like that, romantic experiences, but you also you sing about romantic experiences, but you also go to middle schools. In fact, we just had a caller on who apparently you sang at at, at her at her middle school uh, in, in Milford. Um, yes. Shout out to Stacy Middle School. <laughs> One of my favorite yeah, humanities right. state. <laughs> um, now, I don't know what what happened at uh, at the middle school in Milford, but I understand that you, uh, you once uh, sang at uh, the middle school in Framingham, which is pretty close to home. Can you tell us about it? Um, what was your goal and what the students took away? Or maybe you could tell us about what happened in Milford, if you, uh, if you remember that. Well, I think I remember, I think the, the Framingham show would have been Fuller Middle School. Um, you know, I did that a couple months ago and it's this, it's, you know, this tour that I've been going on where I have this opportunity to play that song, Beautiful, We Heard at the Beginning, and a few other of my songs that I wrote when I was 13 and 15 and 17 years old. And I go back and they're not uh, romantic songs. They are songs. Uh, one of them I wrote called Little Girl. You can actually look up an adorable video online where I went to a school in North, uh, North Providence, Rhode Island. And I, I sang my song Little Girl and a hundred of the, the sixth graders came on stage with me and sang at like the chorus and they sang backing vocals to my song. We filmed it. It's amazing. I started crying on stage. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have these amazing experiences where I get to go into these schools and meet hundreds of these students at a time and really get to know them. Like, I feel like we, we really get to know each other because I get on stage and I talk about 
some of the most difficult things that I experienced when I was their age. And I, you know, sign autographs afterwards and we take selfies and I get to meet all these wonderful students like Rihanna, who just called in earlier, um, them about what's going on in their lives. And for me, being able to see, you know, by the hundreds, my music have an impact is is something I thought I would have had to wait years and years and years further into my career uh, to be able to experience. And so I feel so lucky that I'm building a career based on that. Well, I want to play another song in, in which um, you, your lyrical poetry recreates a moment. And, and I don't know if you do those kinds of songs at the, at the middle schools or not, because uh, there may be two different messages here, but uh, let, let's let's play a little bit of We're on the Beach. Um, and for a spoiler alert for the audience, this is the first time this song has been played on the radio. So we're premiering it here. Woo! This is so excited. Yay. <laughs> uh, so we're we're on the beach here. I listened and re-listened to that song many times yesterday, particularly the lines. I look back at it now, the girl I used to be, the days I learned that I was free. Now, you're really good at catching moments in time and filling them with emotion and significance. Did you write that song in the moment or have you been carrying it around with you for a while to sort of let the patina of memory uh, decorate it before you wrote it down? I wrote that song. It was one of actually the, the last songs that I wrote that made it to the album. Um, that song I can, I can share came from me from like the summer I was 18 years old, like it says in the lyrics of the chorus. And um, I had gone to boarding school for high school and I had an amazing time, but man, we were busy and then we did lots of homework. And, uh, you know, I, I hadn't really experienced um, t- time to figure out who I was separate from, you know, achievements. And I had a summer working at an ice cream store with all my friends down on Cape Cod in Boston, Massachusetts. And I feel like it was the summer that I woke up and I realized I can do whatever I want. It's that beautiful feeling of 18 where you don't have any responsibility, but you also are starting to realize that you're kind of an adult. And it was, you know, uh, it's very innocent, but it's also very intoxicating and um that song for me makes me so happy to listen to because it makes me think of all my friends who helped me 
uh, find my identity. And I think that, um, you know, that's something that, again, is, is unique. You can tell I like, I like finding these little unique turning points um, and writing about these little turning points that we have in our path as we go along. And I do think that sometimes it takes a couple of years. Uh, you know, it takes a little while to realize that those were the golden years, you know? And so uh, for me, I'm hoping that I'll, I'll be 50 and I'll be listening to that song and I will still be thinking of that feeling of being 18 in, uh, in the summertime, you know, on Cape Cod. Well, well, I'll be listening to that song and, and having that feeling. But brings some, something up uh, to me and maybe our, our uh, well, actually, we're getting some email, so uh, we'll, we'll ask the question and then go do some of the email. Um, okay. Are there songs that you write specifically to sing uh, on the You Matter tour to middle schools, and are there songs that you don't sing in uh, the, the middle schools? So I think what's best about my anti-bullying concert that I do in schools um, is that I wrote those songs when I was 15. I didn't, I'm not a 24-year-old trying to go back and write about being 13 and being left out. You know, I was just a little girl. Uh, you know, some, some kids go to their uh, room and they write in their diary, and I would go to my room and write my lyric book. And it's the fact that I have those songs that are, you know, I think really, um, they're really honest because I didn't write them for the radio. I didn't write them for anyone to hear except for me, and it was my way of dealing with it. And so I have those three original songs um, that I go back and I use in the schools. But I also have all these other songs, right, that I've written about lots of things that aren't bullying or self-confidence. Um, but what I think is really important is because I write the songs about my life experience, they're always appropriate for, for anyone because I, I – you know, am an appropriate person. And so, you know, what, what the students connect with in the school is who I really am and what, who my fans connect with online and in, you know, concerts is, it's who I really am. And, uh, you know, those two people are the same. And so I think if, even if you look at, you know, the song, we were on the beach, which is kind of about finding your independence. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a great message for kids and I'm not going to actively go sing it in schools and during an anti-bullying concert, but I would be more than comfortable, um, you know, you know, okay. sharing that song with my 13 year old fans because it's about, you know, the beauty of life and those experiences. We're getting a lot of emails from people who want to know about where they can see you live and whether or not the uh, you matter tour is still going. And I know you've got a show coming up Sunday, so why don't you tell us about the show Sunday and then tell us uh, what the rest of your tour plans are. So I have a show in New York City at Rockwood Music Hall uh, on Sunday, this Sunday at 7 o'clock. And it's a, it's a normal show. It's a normal Casey show. So you'll hear all the songs that played on the radio and a bunch more. Um, I have some new stuff, too, that isn't even on this album that I've been writing that I'm excited to play out. Um, so that'll be really fun, and it's free, so everybody should come by. Um, and then with the You Matter tour, uh, I'm continuing to, you know, uh, participate at schools and, you know, with the Girl Scouts and with the uh, Boys and Girls Club. And I have different nonprofit partners that I work with to come into public schools and I, uh, I play at private schools. And so right now uh, we are transitioning to taking the You Matter tour national and uh, setting up 
these anti-bullying concerts at schools all across the country because primarily I've been doing them in New England. And so anyone, uh, wherever you are, hit me up. My email is Casey at CaseyMcCullough.com. <laughs> hit me up. We'll talk about me coming to your school because I would love to. Okay. All right. Well, at that point, we are pretty much out of time, but I wanted to make sure that you also have an opportunity to tell people where they can get your music. Cool. So, I mean, CaseyMcCullen.com, um, you can check everything out. But, you know, I'm pretty much everywhere that the, the youngins are nowadays. Um, my fans are so young, they frequently uh, tell me about social media sites I did not know exist because I'm officially old. <laughs> In social media terms, I'm old at 24. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and I think some of the best places to listen to my music are Spotify and YouTube and iTunes. Okay. And, oh, you know, we've got uh, a couple, I've got an email here that I really want to get to. And, and actually, we've got several of them here from Langhorn in L.A., from Ross in L.A., from Blaze in, in Hollywood. They want to know if you're ever going to be on the West Coast. Oh, well, actually, I was just out in L.A. Uh, I know we, you were. We've only redone this interview two weeks ago. I was just in L.A. I played at the Hotel Cafe. Um, which is a really fun uh, singer-songwriter venue out in L.A. And, um, yeah, one of the things I was out there was uh, was talking about to different schools about bringing the You Matter Tour out to Los Angeles. So, okay. um, yeah, definitely I'll be, I'll be back in the area as soon as possible, um, and I'll do another show. Okay, and at that point we are going to have to, to say goodbye. So thank you so much, Casey, for, for taking the time to be with us. It has really been fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Casey McQuillan, watch for her new EP, Beautiful. Get your copy of her albums and her singles at www.caseymcquillan.com or all over the, the Internet. If you're in New York City, catch her show Sunday night at the Rockwood Music Hall, 7 o'clock. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from Cyber Station USA, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates, and also on the Artist Echoes Network in London. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and you'll get real-time updates on our guests. Our producer, Lars Christensen, our program director, Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano, who now has her own radio show in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. So download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com, Music Friday, or on iTunes. We're all over iTunes, too. Be here next Friday. Our guest is going to be Flora Cash. And also, we're going to have on us an artist who has been playing music for 50 years, but just got around to releasing his first album, and it's a gas. Alan Babbitt joins us. Twit, uh, check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we will update you on the guest. Well, that's it for now. Have a great musical weekend, and we're going to listen to a little bit more of We're on the Beach. Feel the wave.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.